Welcome to the Alliance Dark Forest recap with Ari and Hirsch. I'm Ari, and joining me is Hirsch. Welcome, Hirsch. Hello. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks so much. We're going to have some fun recapping the goings-on in the forest here. Um, Let me gather my notes. We, we are both uh, Mojo Desert players and former viewers and back in the lounge for what should be a fun season. Uh, I, we have tentatively called this TBA Talking Bout Alliance. If you have any better ideas, we're all ears, I think, for that. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. Yes, sir. Um, so first things we saw, um, Kath Dossier and sort of a list of names and a little bit of information and a nice recording from the production crew and Couple people I think that stood out. Um, anyone in particular? Uh, for me, I mean, my mind went immediately to those players with um, ORG experience, or I guess as we want to call, or I guess we'll call it org experience. People like Crab, Luke, people who who have played a lot of these online survivor type games would be immediately people to keep an eye on. Um, wasn't too familiar with many of the FMLers on a personal level, so uh, I didn't necessarily, I don't, I don't have a real opinion on them. When I saw their names, that's changed, of course. But yeah, for me, immediately, you got to look at org experience and people who know how to play this game and are, are familiar with Survivor. Yeah, so there were four people who listed on their application experience with this. That was Dr. Crab, uh, Squirb, Luke, and I believe Noah Barker. Um, and maybe, maybe Lilia also. Yeah, LNK. LNK had indicated some ORG experience. I've come to find out uh, through other sources that Greg had some ORG experience. Um, Dorian. And uh, I didn't know, I don't know about Barker. I think he said he played the Instagram version with uh noah deja our friend and that's yes, a significant it, and significant amount of the of the players in this have at least some experience we have four players who are fmlers or at least F in the fml server uh bbgg uh sir r table who is dubs um squirb who is a new fmler technically in the server hanging around um, and our friend RFF the Elf. You're forgetting Shitter's Full, too. Oh, and Shitter's Full. So we have uh, four or five on that. Right. And uh, clearly, if uh, Glorf was of great interest to everybody with uh, his promise of a full Elf persona, um, which has been wavering, as we all know at this point, but um, everybody had a very vested interest in um in what rff was going to do in this game because they've been wanting to see him play for a long time especially considering that he had been um somewhat hypercritical of previous seasons and how it had affected people's attention to other matters like fml in the past yes so those are um some of the connections um there's also a few wish listers from one of the uh, reddit servers i think that clever runs um, and some of them seem to know each other tangentially. Um, so there's connections that could affect the game. Um, so we saw that, and then we got into the marooning, where 
we had a few active people on there. I think the most active were the Elf, Glorfindel, and Squirb. Um, and just starting to build some connections there. Yes, yes, there was a, there was a lot of discussion there, and um, felt at times almost like too much, you know, because I, I mean I think some people were paying attention to who was talking to who a lot, and uh, and it's stuff that could come into play later down the road. So they went to marooning, and as soon as everyone was ready, we went. The tribes were divided, and went straight into the first reward challenge, which sort of functioned as a command tutorial. The tribes had to basically set up camp, build a shelter, cook fish, start a fire. Uh, so we had the Nero tribe, the blue tribe, get a quick start and things just kind of fell apart for them, right, as they were uh, looking like they were doing well. The, the, I, I, will, I will admit to being uh, taking a nap when that, when that reward challenge started. So I missed a lot of it. I, I came into it late and um, at, at the point where Nero had already fallen apart, which I think came as a huge surprise to a lot of people because um, uh, just from the dossiers, there seemed to be a, some real heavy hitters on this group and they, and they were doing so well and then just disaster that has, it would appear has followed them through the, the rest of the, so far this season. So the Nero tribe, they had the good start. They had the items, it seemed like they had everyone online working together. Um, they had the shelter and then they did not build the floor for the shelter until it was too late. Uh, so the red tribe, the Fosha tribe, which has a lot of the active command hunters as we'll talk about in a bit, they had, the, had a slower start, they didn't have everyone together, but had a couple people rally the tribe and they ultimately come back and won first place in the reward challenge, which gave them blood that would be useful later on. Uh, and then the Astrapi tribe, the yellow tribe, uh, later figured it out and came in second winning fruit juice um, and kind of giving a glimpse into how the tribes might work together going forward through this reward challenge. Something interesting about the Astrapi tribe is that four of the six identified as female players in this game are all on that tribe, um, which is interesting to me. Um, could come into play later, but, um, but I, do find, uh, I do find it interesting that those, uh, those four ladies were able to uh, kind of, along with uh, Shitter's Fool and Sir Table, kind of get everything rallied and, and, and end up with that second place victory. Yeah, so let's talk about sort of first impressions from all three tribes, starting with that yellow Astrapi tribe. Um, so we fairly quickly got a trio between Squirb, Dr. Crab, and Shitter's Fall um, as basically <coughs> the three most active players, which looks like a tight group. Um, and that's three out of the six. The interesting thing also about that tribe is, as you mentioned, they have a majority female to start out with. Um, I like so, that tribe. I like them a lot. Um, but it's clear that it's, it's very much a tribe divided and, and the other three, you know, three strong players and the other three have no idea at this point. I think that they are on the outs, um, especially Big Al, who apparently doesn't know what is going on. Um, Trophy Wife, who I think just her name on its own rubs a couple of the players the wrong way. And, uh, Sir R. Table, who could survive a couple tribals, but uh, would get cut in a heartbeat if he had to. It's uh, 
yeah, there's definitely a power trio on there, and if they stay strong, they're going to be a threat going through the game. So it looks like uh, Big Al, you know, one of the four women on the tribe, is sort of on the outs, having not really shown up uh, for much. They did start. They did show up a little bit during the immunity challenge, um, but overall hasn't really been able to reach them in much of anything. Um, there was a, was a brief talk of having the four women band together, but that seems to have fizzled out. Um, the other question is sort of this is the tribe with a few of the um, survivor online reality game veterans. Are they could they work together, or did they start to get paranoid seeing each other as threats? Um, I think Crab and Squirb would be wise to stick together as long as they can. Um, Squirb, I think, is going to prove to be a very popular player. She already is with a lot of the viewers, and I think that her personality will, will endear her to other players. And at some point, that's going to prove to be a threat. I think Crab would cut Squirb before Squirb would cut Crab. Yeah, so we have that trio, and I think that those three could be a threat to go far in the game together. Um, and I kind of have a bad feeling, and it might just be me, about you kind of hinted to it too, that Squirb-Crab relationship, how long can they really stick together before turning on each other? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's that's something to keep, that that's down the road but uh, I think it's almost inevitable. Uh, so now we have the Red Fosha tribe, um, which in contrast to the Estrapi tribe has six males on it. Um, and I think we've kind of seen that in their style of play, sort of much less of a social game and a lot more individual, strategic, and command hunting. So that, that tribe has... That's that's a very, Greg Serrano, yeah. BBGG, Barker, Jesus, Lord Jesus, and N. Ranky on it. That's an interesting dynamic. Um, it's just a dude canoe. Um, we got Greg, who's uh, making vaguely uh, sexual references uh, all the time um, that apparently hasn't rubbed anyone wrong the, the wrong way yet. Um, Barker is... We've got a we got a power four there really is in, in Ace Barker BBGG and Greg with Jesus and, and Reniki on the on kind of on the outsides looking in there. Um, but of that power four, there's really only two players that are doing much of anything: Ace and uh, and BBGG. And I think similar to Crab and Squirb, at some point, those two, I think Ace is going to recognize that BBGG is a real challenge threat probably moving forward and might look to cut him at some point. I don't know. That's going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that dynamic plays out. Cause that four is, uh, if they stick together, they're going to be tough, especially with ACE and BBGG driving it. So that was a four that sort of formed an alliance of convenience almost just because they just wanted to have a majority on that tribe. Um, it doesn't seem like anyone was super gung ho about keeping that four together. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, but if I don't see that being a final four or a final three made up of people in that group, I think that as soon as a swap happens, they're going to look for different angles. True. I mean, yeah, I can four, – four can get you past six, but you only need three to get you past five. So I can start – I can see that group, if they have to go to tribals, kind of just 
shaving off as necessary if it, if it becomes a uh, if it becomes an issue. So one thing I was really impressed with right at the beginning of the reward challenge, as soon as it started, Ace had a plan for everyone, sort of taking the charge, and I mean giving everyone sort of directions and executing everything and getting them the win in that. Uh, but that's you know if you've ever watched Survivor on TV, putting yourself out there like that is always a bit of a dangerous decision. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, and it, and it could bite him in the butt, but I think Barker and Greg especially will be okay with that. They'll 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 let him. They don't seem very strategic. Greg, from what I you know, Greg does have some ORG experience, so. He, he might identify that as a threat sooner or later, but I think Greg and Barker are happy to ride Ace's coattails, and I think BBGG is the one who uh, might be uh, on the in the fourth spot in that power foursome. So Ace is definitely the leader; he's the most personable of all of them, and uh, and I think that's going to get him a long way. Where did Ace come from, by the way, Ari? Uh, so Ace is my friend from college. Um, he's out in Arizona now. Uh, the one thing that I noticed is he's spending a ton of time uh, working on commands, um, and I kind of like to see him spend a bit more time, you know, working DMs and talking to people, starting to get form relationships and feeling out the rest of his tribe members. That's something we haven't seen much of at all from that tribe. Oh yeah, you're right. I mean, they're not they're not working the DMs at all. They're um, they're. I mean, I don't even think they have all the all the possible, they don't even have all the possible DM channels open. So I think they'll be fine as long as they don't have to go to tribal. I'd be very, I, I would like to see what Fodia does once they do have to go to tribal though. And, 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 and see if maybe that foursome isn't as tight as we might think they are, you know, for the moment. So the one other thing on that tribe during the immunity challenge, BBGG found what appears to be some sort of advantage in the spider web. Um, which allows him to communicate uh, with other tribe members if anyone else finds the other end of the spider web. Um, but so far, it's just him talking into a void. Yeah, um, I think our, our host, uh, Ryan, uh, suggested that uh, if, uh, if there's a swap, then that would be a good time for BB to, however, and, and be, he'll, he'll need to be careful about how he presents it. But at that point, that would be a good time to tell Ace, maybe Barker, um, maybe uh, Greg about the spider web in case they do get swapped and they, that way they can kind of communicate between tribes if they end up on two or three different tribes. It's a, it's a big advantage to have to know what's going on on other tribes and what kind of alliances are forming. So uh, I hope it comes into play soon or that someone else stumbles across it because it will be fun to watch people talk across tribal lines. Yeah, that would definitely be an interesting twist. Uh, the one other thing, um, finishing up this tribe with BBGG. Um, Ace does sort of more commands and has seemingly endless patience on that. Um, BBGG seems to have a skill at finding the right commands, which is something that's really useful in this game. Absolutely. I think, um, I hope he gets to stick around for a while because he could be, I think he ended up on uh, near the top of a lot of the uh, players, uh, you know, boot lists as a, uh, you know, finishing in the top, five you know so hopefully uh hopefully he sticks around because uh, i've been i've been enjoying watching him play so then we have the blue nero tribe uh which has bun ultimate who is penny's friend uh dorian gray glorfindel rff the elf uh happy harpy 
LNK, LNK, and Luke. Um, this sort of appears to be a bit of a more quiet tribe. Uh, so Harpy was someone I think we saw early on that seemingly is under the radar and could be a threat if active trying command and kind of knows her way around a bit. She's a, she's one of Clever's uh, wish listers and probably of any, any of that group of foursome, she is clearly the standout at this point. So uh, I think a lot of people are happy with how she's been playing the game so far. So there hasn't been a lot of talk on this tribe of alliances. Um, Luke sort of tried to create a trio between him, Harpy, and Glorfindel, um, sort of as a convenience thing, just being the three active people on a fairly inactive tribe, um, and didn't get a ton of commitment in response either. <laughs> um, someone needs to talk to Glorf about how to uh, how to express interest, even if you're not interested, because his casual dismissal of Luke's offer was just met with exactly what you think it would be met with, and um, and it, it's yeah, it's not good. He. Uh, he, he's going to have to he's going to have to play the game if he wants to play the game and part of the game is making alliances even if they're not something you intend to keep for more than one or two tribals you know you, you gotta you gotta do that and uh he did not do a good job there that was a, a huge error unforced error on his part so the message from luke says he, he said to glorfindel how do you feel about an alliance with her harpy and myself i feel us three are the people who cares the most here Glorfindel says, I mean, I certainly think the three of us have done the most thus far. I don't think we need to call it an alliance, but it's a practical combination. The game is called Alliance, Glorfindel. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so that's, that's frustrating. That's frustrating as a former player. I mean, when somebody wants to reach out, when somebody reaches out to you like that, I mean, you're looking for alliances in those early days. You want that comfort. You want those numbers. And that's just not something you push away. You just don't do it. So then, so we get to the first immunity challenge, the resource crafting challenge. This was somewhat similar to the reward challenge, but a lot less structured and I think a lot more challenging. Um, so the tribes had 24 hours to hunt commands in camp and in sub-channels, finding resources which they could use to craft tribal immunity, um, different advantages for their tribe, different individual advantages. Um, and I think the most basic way of putting it is the Fosha tribe ran away with this. Absolutely. Um, and more specifically, Ace and BBGG. I mean, no one else on Fosha found anything. Between the two of them, they found enough to craft two potions. And, um, and just if the, <laughs> if the other tribes knew how well Fosha did on this immunity challenge, everybody on Fosha would be a huge target moving forward. All they know at this point is that they found enough to find immunity. And I guess Harpy knows that they had enough to send somebody to the picnic, but I mean, they have no idea. So the Estrapi tribe found four total items plus the fruit juice they already had. The Nero tribe found nine items and the Fosha tribe, in addition to the blood they already had, found 21 additional items, all between Ace and BBGG. Uh, Ace found two moth wings, one extra blood, fruit juice, a dark thorn, a ribbon flower, and a sap. BBGG found two eggs, four shells, as the only person to find any shells. 
four butterfly wings, one fruit juice, two ribbon flowers, and a sap, which is more items by him himself than the other two tribes found combined. Ridiculous. I mean, it was a utter dominance. I don't think I've seen dominance like that in ever. <clears throat> I, will, I will say I was impressed that Nero came on strong there at the end, um, put together a decent showing and en enough to get the uh, harpy sent to the, to the picnic. Um, so, I mean, I was, uh, I, it gave me a glimmer of hope for that tribe moving forward uh, in, in other challenges, but I still think of uh, just because of, the number of people they have that are seem to be absent from keyboard they're the ones uh, that are in the most danger moving forward but it was a good it was a good it was a good performance for them astropy i don't know what happened there so the fosha tribe was the only tribe that had really even close to the items they needed to craft immunities and they won tribal immunity sending both of the other two tribes to a combined tribal council which we'll talk about in a minute um, they also had enough items to, Ace in the Desert himself had enough to craft the picnic headdress, uh, which sent him to a picnic with anyone else who had those items. Um, and the only other person was Harpy, who had three of the items herself and had the sap gifted to her from Glorfindel. Uh, so the two of them attended a picnic together, and I think calling it a, a bit of a wasted opportunity might be an understatement. Yeah, I mean, Harpy has never played before. Ace hasn't played anything like that before, I'm assuming. I mean, you, you would know better than I do. Yeah, he um, hasn't. Um, Ace, Ace was clearly more interested. Ace had it in his mind that there was going to be um, something to find there. And there may have been. The bots were active. I mean, who knows? Like, they, maybe they just didn't stumble across anything. So I think Ace was more concerned with finding an item than he was with realizing the opportunity he had to to try to you know strategize with a, a player on another team um which is a shame it was a wasted opportunity and i think harpy kind of came in and saw that it was only one other person instead of taking an opportunity to strategize um almost gave up so they talked for about 20 minutes total uh very few actually not really any details um and then Harpy says, I'm going to go play some video games, be back in a bit. <laughs> and Ace spends the next hour or two <coughs> command, trying to find anything um, coming up empty. And that was it. Yeah, that would have been, um, ideally, Harpy would have shown up at that picnic and somebody from the Astropi tribe would have been waiting there for, the, waiting there for her to talk to. And then they could have figured out between the two of them that they didn't want to go to rocks and then settle on a mutual target um, for this combined tribal council that's coming. But um, yeah, so that was, it wasn't, yeah. I mean, I think she even said as much that she was, you know, that she wished somebody from the uh, Astropi tribe had been there because it, this was a non-starter. Yeah. Um, so we have now our tribal council preview. Um, so both, we have 12 people going to tribal council all of the Astrapi and Nero tribes will be attending together, six on each side. And this is going to be interesting. There's a lot of ways that this could break down. Yeah, I mean, in um, first, uh, first tribal, you want to keep numbers 
Um, you know that there are merges, you know that there are swaps coming, or you, I mean, some of them know that there are swaps coming. Some people, if they're not familiar with Survivor, might not have any idea that they're, this group of six they're with right now is not gonna be permanent the past three or four rounds. But um, ideally you would stay six strong, and but then we know what that means. If everybody stays six strong, then you're going to rocks. And there's definitely people on, um, on these tribes who do not wanna go to rocks. And what I think is interesting, there's been a lot of talk about people thinking of flipping on their own tribe against the more inactive people. Um, but as soon as you do that, you're giving up all leverage, especially on the, if, assuming, if, I think this is likely to go to a revote, but if you don't send your first vote against the other tribe, they can put six against whoever they want, and it does not matter who the yeah. other tribe votes for. And I think you, that uh, can be really interesting. I think... Yeah, you've, you've got to go, in my opinion, you've got to go six strong against the other tribe unless you know beyond a shadow of a doubt who that other tribe is voting for. And if that person that the other tribe is voting for is someone you're willing to sacrifice, then you, then you, then you flip on the first vote. But otherwise, you've got to push the tie because it's just, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, especially, yeah, at this point, it, it, it's a bad look. And there, I think that could lead to a mess. I mean, you, you said beyond a shadow of a doubt, but you're just, you know, that never happened. Yeah. And I think you have to vote six on the first vote and then consider flipping on a revote. Uh, but then, I mean, if you have two people or one person from each type flip, you have the tie again, and then you're off to rocks, which could be a mess in itself. I mean, we've got, uh, we've in, in Astropy, we know that Crab and Squirb are deathly afraid of going to rocks on this uh, on this revote um luke though he hasn't said as much is familiar enough with the game to know that rocks is a potential if if they don't move off um the other five ink you would think ellen k with her uh, experience would know as well but then ellen k has been pretty much uh silent so I, I, this is going to be a in Alliance history, this is going to be easily the craziest first tribal. Um, we know just between you and me and our, our experience in Mojo that uh, Ryan Plexty has been dying for a multi-tribe tribal council and he finally get, got it and it's gonna be a hell of a mess. And this is definitely gonna be a really interesting twist and a great challenge also put together by production. Um, we all know how much you love going to rocks. Yes. Um, as the, as the, yeah, yeah. Rocks is fun. It's not the best way to go. I mean, I went out for, in my heart, I know I went out on rocks for the right reasons. Um, first tribal. I don't necessarily blame crab and squirrel for, for wanting to avoid it in whatever way possible, but whew, it's a hell of a choice to do. I kind of pointed out that, you know, maybe you take those chances 50% chance at someone on the other tribe and you'd have a one in 10 chance of going home. Like you can take those odds. I think the worst case scenario if I was playing is, you know, you go to rocks and it's the one person I have an, an alliance with that draws the rock. And then I'm just kind of stuck. Oh yeah. And I think, um, I think you're kind of also looking at the situation where, uh, again, it depends on who the other tribe voted for. Like Crab and Squirb have said that they don't uh, want to, that they're not necessarily going to go to rocks for, for, for shitters full, 
but when they're faced with that possibility of either swapping their vote to him or sticking strong and going to rocks, are they, are they going to do it? Are either one of them firm enough with this alliance with Shitter to be willing to lose their game, tribal council number one? Those, so are, the two, of, those are the two to watch. So as of now, the Astrapi tribe seems to be planning on targeting Luke, seeing him as, you know, being out in Europe and having a different schedule and being someone that they perceive as less active. Um, but Crab knows Luke through some different um, of the ORGs, and I think she might try to swing something the other way. Um, and I think that there's not a lot of people on the Nero tribe who would necessarily flip on Luke. So that might not be the right target for them. Yeah. I think um, I think you probably well. They don't know that it's actually a good target, and that and that Luke right. is probably going to be a strong player moving forward. Um, Crab does definitely, um, and I think and, and and more importantly, Crab just wants to play with him further on down the road. Uh, so Estropi does not realize that they should do everything they can to keep that from happening. Um, so they're voting for the right person for the wrong reason. Um, but yeah, I guess we're going to see how that plays out. I mean, there's, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And as we're talking as, uh, this morning, Nero does not seem to have any sort of plan at all. Harpy suggested a coin flip. As and somebody who might just be what somebody, it is. <laughs> yeah. As somebody who went out on basically a coin flip, um, but knowing it, uh, that's not necessarily uh, that's not necessarily the route I would go, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Their coin flip just take the alphabetical strategy. Yeah, their their coin flip seems to be between Big Al um, and uh, and and Shitter. And again, it seems like like if they end up targeting Shitter, they don't realize necessarily that that that's a very good target for that's a good person to take out, but they don't necessarily know that Crab and Squirb may not want to flip and lose Shitter. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think if they vote Big Al, um, and this seems to be at least for me, the most likely scenario at this point is if they vote Big Al, it comes up 6-6 six, six on the first vote. You have at least three on the Estrapi tribe who would flip on that and that would be it. Crab and Squirb can go back to their tribe if they switch their votes to Al, assuming that's where Nero puts their votes and be able to justify it without any problem because they can basically say, we couldn't risk losing any of you to save somebody who hasn't been here for us in any way, shape or form. And I think, I think the only way, I think you can't, you have to just hope that the first vote from Nero goes on to Big Al. Uh, Cause I think as soon as they're in tribal and someone on either side throws out a name of someone on their own tribe, I think chaos breaks out. Huge target. And, and, uh, and that's when, yeah, all bets are off at that point because let's say crab or squirt come out and just say, you know what, if you guys want to vote Al, go for it. Al, if she's there, could come back out and say, you know what, crab and squirt are both really good players. You want one of them gone. And at that point, like you said, it's, no holds barred, many buses being driven up and many people being thrown under those buses. And it'll be fun as a viewer to watch, 
but it is going to lead to some butt hurt going back to tribe, whoever ends up going home. There is a lot that could happen. This is definitely a tribal to watch and a lot of uncertainty heading in. Um, and who knows what's going to happen? I'm excited. Like I said, this is going to be the, uh, the first truly exciting first tribal counselor in Alliance history because in previous seasons, uh, people were sent home basically for not being, um, not being uh, present for the challenge. But with this one, we could see a power player like Shitter or Luke go home. That would mess up a bunch of boot lists, but it would really shake up the game and, and, and make, a, make a signal to anyone playing that, you know, anything could happen at this point. So I thought it'd be fun to finish this with a bit of a game before we head off. Uh, so we will be playing our first version of Stump the Hearse. Yeah, I have, I have no idea what's... I have no idea what's about to happen here, so if I look foolish, it's I have okay. I the other five questions about Alliance history, and we're going to see if we can stump the hearse. So question number one, who is the player with the most individual challenge wins? I think it comes down to one of two players, and I am going to say Lola. It is Lola. So you're thinking of, you were probably, the other one was Muse, who had four individual immunities, um, yep. one of which was from the Greed Challenge. Um, Lola had four individual immunities post emerge and also a reward challenge win, five total challenge wins. Go, uh, Lola. Question, question two this, uh, which player sent the most messages in the Mojo Desert server? Oh, geez. Um... Well, you got to think it's somebody who was around a long time. Um, somebody known for uh, the way they uh, type or the way they message. Um, and I'm going to say there's no way anybody typed more messages because I saw her command hunts than Cat. It is FML Cat. Not a huge margin, but fairly, I think, large one. Uh, I think it was about 16,000 total messages. Nice. The question, so two for two. Question three, who's the only player in Alliance history so far voted out with an idol in their possession? An idol in their, oh, that's easy. That's Ingi. Yep, three for three voted out um, early on. I don't remember the exact place in pattern um, and seemingly not sure what to do with the game. He had no idea. It was wonderful. <laughs> Question four. Uh, the two people have been voted out with only one vote cast against them. One of them um, was Jahed at the end of pattern at the final three vote. Who is the other one? Okay, who was the, who was the one that you indicated? So Shahed at the final three in pattern. Okay. Uh, the other one was um, Blink. Yeah, it was Blink. Um, and two idols played at that tribal and a 4-3-1 split that went against him when seven of eight votes were not counted. Awesome. Four for four. Let's see if you can finish off with question five. We're going from easiest to hardest. This is the tricky oh one. The, who is the only player in Alliance history so far who's voted for the person who's gone home at every tribal they attended? Here, 
at every tribal, the person with the perfect voting history. Oh, see, that could be uh I remember seeing this person near the top. I want to say again, I think I might be wrong on this one. I want to say again, Lola. It's not Lola. Lola, one of the early tribals, voted against Ali, who stayed. Um, a couple players, Sabat and Sahed in Saturn, um, voted correctly up until a final three when neither one had a vote. Um, the only player who was perfect at Tribals was Murr in Discordia, wow. who then had a self-vote cast against her and then was medically evacuated. Uh, yeah, I don't think it would have... Correctly everywhere, and I'm before that. So four for five, all in all, hey. a good round. I'll take it. I'll take it. So that'll do it for our first episode perfect. of Talking About Alliance. Uh, thanks so much, and we'll see you next week. All right, Ari. Take care. Good to see you. All right.